at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stephon Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. Welcome back to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your Week 13 wrap-up. We still have the Monday night game between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, but the regular season is basically over unless you've got someone like a Juju Smith-Schuster, Tony Brown, anyone from Pittsburgh or Cincinnati. Uh, my hope is that you are, uh, one, going to continue to listen, number two, that you are in the playoffs, and number three, that you, will, uh, that you had a great week and are now potentially facing a bye week as we get into some bye weeks uh, this week. But before we get too far into it, once again, want to remind everybody to head on over uh, to the Skull King Fantasy Football website. Go ahead and take a look at that website. Ryan's got some great news that just released this last week. For those of you who follow us on Instagram, you did see that news. We did put a post out there. But Ryan, what news just dropped? Skull Team Nation this week. All right, let me let me actually pull up the official email. Um, we got an email from the founder of uh, a website called Feedspot, and it said, "I would like to personally congratulate you as your blog, Skull King Fantasy Football, has been selected by our panelists as one of the top fifty fantasy football blogs on the web." Um, we also have a, a little award here that we're uh, going to be posting. Um, to uh, post on the website as well once I get a chance to do that. So we, we have been selected as one of the top 50 fantasy football websites. Um, others that, uh, that, you will see on the, that you will see on that list from Feedspot.com, um, uh, the Fantasy Footballers, Roto World, um, let's see, uh, Fantasy Football Nerd, Fantasy football counselor. Eat sleep fantasy is on that list as well. On that list as well. So, um, so yeah. So yeah. So that was that was a that was a, a really big thing for us. So uh, we we could not have we could not have done it without you guys, and uh, and and your support. So really, this award isn't so much about us. This is more about you guys and how how you have supported us. So thank you, Skull King Nation. And. This is just the start. We want to work our way up these rankings. I'd like to be a top 10, but I will take number 45. <laughs> 45 is measurable. 
So at this point, now we know where we stand against some other uh, top and great fantasy football blogs that are out there. Uh, and now we will continue to improve uh, to move our way up that list as well as some other lists and those kinds of things. But once again, we want to thank you first and foremost. This would not be possible without you. Uh, once again, this is for you guys. Uh, and we want to thank you guys for uh, participating in the podcast, uh, visiting our website and those kinds of things. And so we'll get into uh, some news and notes. There's not a whole lot of news and notes outside of this game. There's not a lot of injury updates. A lot of that information will get released tomorrow. Uh, one thing that uh, we'll get to a little bit later, but we'll touch on it now, is the uh, Eagles tight end Zach Ertz was being evaluated for head injury and had to leave the game early. Only two catches, 24 yards. We will talk about him a little bit later, and uh, you know what side of the list he's on. <laughs> um, but with Ertz already having missed a game earlier in the year, leaving for head injury, I did not personally see the play. Um, but any concerns for you prolonging more than just being out for this game? Do you think he could miss a week, something like that? Early guess. Uh, early guess. It's too. It's honestly, it's too early to tell. We'll have to see how it come. How the it comes back tomorrow. Um, I did not see anything of whether he was actually officially um, diagnosed with a concussion or not. Um, but as as we can see for now, I think it's again. It's a little too early to tell. We need to wait till tomorrow. Uh, Ertz is a guy who's been known for his injury history. And this is one of the, you know this is one of the first seasons where he's really been healthy all season, and uh, and you know has been able to play very well because of it. So um, I think for now it's a it's a wait and see game, but uh, I think it's it's possible that he could be back next week. We just need to, again we need to wait and see. Uh, moving on to the Steelers in the Monday night matchup, Antonio Brown with his toe injury did travel with the team to Cincinnati. It remains a game-time decision for Monday night's matchup for Week 13 against the Bengals. How confident are you about him playing? To me, personally, he traveled with the team, but he's been questionable the entire time. I don't think he plays because the Steelers have such a large gap between them and Cincinnati in the division. I think he may sit out, which means someone like a Mark Davis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster gets a little bit of a bump. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think yeah. I think uh, either either Martavis or Juju Smith-Schuster, or they just stick uh, because the the Bengals defense has been somewhat productive. Uh, their defensive backfield has been somewhat productive. They may just keep handing the ball off to Le'Veon all night. Yeah, uh, that would be the way to beat the Bengals. Uh, they are solid middle of the road against the run, but one of those top defenses against the pass. And so moving on, Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor. We'll have tests on his knee. Um, he has told people close to him that he will be okay. It's believed that he avoided a major injury. Um, but with how the Bills have gone so far, they're now 6-6. Six and six. Peterman came in, played okay. Do you think with this leg injury and the way their season has gone, do you think that Tyrod Taylor is done for the season? It very well could be. This could be the final excuse that they'll they'll finally just be able to say, "Hey, we're just not gonna stick with you anymore." Um, and may have finally given them the 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 actual excuse um, to do that. So, 
All right. Uh, Matthew Stafford also left the game but was diagnosed with a bruise after x-rays came back negative on his throwing hand. Um, this is not good for the Lions. Obviously, this is something that we will continue to monitor throughout the rest of the week. Um, but if they don't have Stafford, they don't have an offense because this is not something that they're going to try and rely on the running game. If they don't have Stafford, the Lions season is almost done at that point. So um, very, very important for him to come out healthy the rest of the week. Um, we will cover, really, really quickly, we will cover Cameron Brait this week. I know you had him on your roster. You sat him. I told people to sit him. I sat him in two leagues. This was the first week after him being horrible for three weeks in a row and being up on the stings list. This was the first week that I officially named him a sit, officially. So, blame me. He blame, had two catches. Blame me. Blame Matthew Berry. Blame whoever you want to that was an expert that told you to sit Cameron Brait. He only had two catches to begin with. So, it's just unfortunate for those that sat him that both of them both were in the end zone. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that uh, uh, we do have one question coming in that we'll get to. Uh, right now, as we transition over to the Kings and Stings, a uh, question comes in um, from Pack.Daily. It says he is up by 11 points, and his opponent has Big Ben. Do you think he wins? I had Big Ben on the sit list this week because Cincinnati is good against the pass, and he did not do well last time against Cincinnati. This game is also this game is in Cincinnati, isn't it? Or is it at home? It is on the road. It is on the road, so you should you should be okay. Uh, uh, is, this, is this a standard scoring format? Uh, no, uh, no news back on whether it's standard. I mean, it's it's a quarterback, so I mean, but I mean, is it is it four is, four, is four, four six. points per touchdown, six points per touchdown? H hasn't let if me. If he's know. only up by eleven, he could be okay. It'll be close. If it's a four touchdown point scoring league, that gives me a much better shot, obviously. But this is a road game. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't score a lot of points on road games. So, and he'll be without, potentially be without his number one target. They're going to lean heavy dose. It is four points for touchdowns. Over under, what percentage chance would you give him at four points per touchdown of winning? So, Big Ben gets 11 points or less. What is your percentage chance on that? Uh, 35-40. Yeah, it's I, not great, but it's it's. There's a chance. I would say I was going to say forty to forty-five. It is better than a fifty-fifty chance. So, considering the other guy has a quarterback left to that score eleven points, point. and you have better than a fifty-fifty percent chance, you should feel really, really good. Yeah. So uh, we'll now transition over to the Kings and Stings of the week, starting with the quarterback position, as we always do. Alex freaking Smith, uh, who has done nothing for the last four weeks, uh, throws 366 passing yards, has one run for 70 yards, and gets four touchdowns in yet another loss by the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about it a little bit last week in that I would be surprised if the Chiefs made the playoffs. Now I would be even more surprised – because they have lost six of their last seven games. They're now 6-6. Six and six. 
there is a there is a three-way tie now at six and six between the chiefs the chargers and the raiders for the lead in the afc west the fact that the raiders are even there is kind of shocking of of the three teams and how they've been playing lately the raiders being there really surprises me yeah but if you were to have me pick a team right now to win that division, it would be the Chargers running away. It would be the Chargers. Uh, and so moving on to the two-star quarterback king of the week, it would be the quarterback in the same game, Josh McCown. 331 passing yards, 17 rushing. He got one touchdown through the air, two on the ground, three total touchdowns. He's been doing a lot on, with his legs, getting some extra points for you. For those of you who played him uh, this week, getting six points for the touchdown instead of four in some scoring leagues. Um, do you continue to like Josh McCown the rest of the way? Right now, in most scoring, he is a top quarterback, top 12 quarterback for the season. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get back to your notes. Uh, which, which quarterback were you You're on, Josh McCown? Josh McCown. Yeah, the the he really bit me in the backside today, going up against me in a league where I thought I had it. I had a seat locked up, and McCown goes off, and Tom Brady doesn't. Um, he's he's been playing really well. He is he is he is this year's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think is the best way to put it. You know, the Fitzpatrick a couple years ago carried a lot of teams with how well he played. Um, down the stretch uh, with the Jets, you know, throwing throwing bombs all the time to Brandon Marshall when he was healthy. I think Josh McCown is kind of doing that this year. I, this has been the most productive full season that he has ever had. Um, and so I've, I think you keep riding it, to be completely honest. You keep going with it, especially if he has good, uh, especially if he has good matchups. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, which is, you know, but, you know, at the same time, Josh McCown could also throw three interceptions next week, so. Yeah, it, it could happen. A uh, question comes in, since we talked about uh, Kansas City here really quick, is Kareem Hunt a sit for the rest of the season? No. Not for the rest of the season. Not I think for the rest of the season, true. Next, next week, he does have the Oakland Raiders sieve of a defense. So he is a... He is a flex play, but he is not a, a running back one or two. The Chargers are not the greatest team against the run. And Miami in week 16 on a team that will more than likely have given up and may have already given up so far um, are, are good matchups. But once again, they're not giving Kareem Hunt the ball. They are intent on throwing the ball deep. At least Alex Smith converted on deep passes this week. Yeah, they are committed to have Alex Smith be the guy in the passing game, and they're using Akeem Hunt, Akeem Hunt, in the passing game more than they are Kareem Hunt, which is a tragedy in and of itself. And so, coming in as our one-star quarterback kings of the week, we've got a tie between Blake Bortles, three hundred and nine passing yards and two touchdowns, Russell Wilson with two hundred and fifty-eight total yards and three touchdowns against the Eagles in the Sunday night game as the Seattle Seahawks beat the Eagles. And so we talked about Blake Which we are Bortles. celebrating right now. Yes, which we are celebrating right now. But we talked about Blake Bortles having a easy schedule the rest of the week, 
uh, or the rest of this season. He gets Seattle at home, which I will be in Florida for that game, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but of the two, this is kind of a stupid question, but of the two, how many more points do you think Russell Wilson will score than Blake Bortles next week? Just as an early guess, unprepared for. Unprepared for. How many more fantasy points will will Russell Wilson score than Blake Bortles? Yeah. Uh, four points per t- for passing touchdown or six? Four. I'm gonna say eight points. I was gonna. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna be a little more conservative and say at least six. Yeah. It. Jacksonville has one of the best passing defenses, so that has me a little concerned. Um, and they're not the greatest against the run, but Seattle doesn't have a running game, so it's. I mean, it's really the <laughs> Russell Wilson show. Um, Although Mike Davis, Mike Davis had a couple of good runs tonight, so it's it's possible that they could they could get a little work in there. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Sting side, Tyrod Taylor, sixty-five passing yards, one interception. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He did leave early from the game, um, so we'll move on to the two-star quarterback Sting in Matt Ryan, one hundred and seventy-three passing yards against a very good Minnesota defense. There's going to be some more Falcons coming up on the Stings list. Um, <laughs> I had him as a sit this week on our Instagram account. Um, are you surprised at all that Matt Ryan shows up on the Sting list this week? No, because I had I had the Minnesota defense and I kept the Minnesota defense. Um, you know, I think that I think that they were, in a sense, primed to lose a game um, yes. after after having a couple of great weeks. Um, I mean, wasn't it just was it just this last week that they beat that they beat Seattle in Seattle? Week twelve, yeah, uh, yeah. So that was week twelve where they beat Seattle in Seattle. Um, they had uh, beat they had beat I want to say Carolina the week before that, or you know a couple weeks before that. They had had they had had a really good solid run. The offense really seemed to be gelling. For me, they were ready for they were ready for another fall. Um, yep. And so, with the Minnesota defense playing as well as it is, I mean Minnesota in general playing as well as it is. Um, no, I, I saw it coming. Yeah, and then coming in as the one-star quarterback, Sting making his first appearance on the Sting side of things this year. Tom Brady, two hundred and fifty-eight passing yards, one interception, no touchdowns for him this week. Um, a lot of his passes went to Gronkowski. Over half of his total yardage came from Gronkowski in the in the, in the matchup against Buffalo. I'm a little surprised that Tom Brady wasn't able to capitalize a little bit more as Buffalo has been beaten down by other teams like the Saints earlier in the season. Um, is this just an outlier for Tom Brady? Do you think he gets back on uh, his high horse in the next couple of weeks? Yes. I don't think it's – I don't think he this Okay, it makes me want to throw up, you know, saying that. At this point, as much as I hated calling him that, it's undisputed at this point. But 258 passing yards is not the most horrible of days. It's just they got close to the end zone, and then they had Rex Burkhead running in from one yard. So it's not the worst of games. I think this is more other – like the average quarterback did much better and Tom Brady got nine points in this scoring metric, which isn't the worst, isn't a big quote-unquote pooper or sting type of performance. A lot of our stings are kind of in that four- to five-point range. Yeah. Um, the interception hurt him, 
But I think everybody else had a pretty solid week. And so we'll move on to the running back side of things. The three-star king of the week from the running back position is now the clear front runner for rookie of the year in Alvin Kamara. 126 total yards today, 25 catches, two TDs against a very good Carolina Panthers defense. Helps them win the game. Helps the Saints now uh, have the lead in the division. What are your thoughts on Kamara so far, maybe on this game? Any additional thoughts? Alvin Kamara has been what everyone thought Christian McCaffrey was going to be. That's basically, I mean, basically he is, he is better than advertised. Um, you know, I remember, I remember my conversation with uh, the play-by-play guy for Tennessee in the off season when we were doing our draft prep and he, his, his, uh, his thoughts were, there is absolutely no reason why he can't be a full-time running back, why he can't be a, a running back that, that can do it all running and, and passing. He was just never given the opportunity because they had another guy at Tennessee that they liked yes. giving the ball to, you know, up the gut and didn't give it to Alvin Kamara. And, you know, given the, given the chance, Kamara has absolutely blown the doors off of everything. So, Yeah, and this type of performance I don't want to say it doesn't shock us, but we early in the year predicted that Kamara could take over the full running back role away from Mark Ingram. So we're a little less surprised on this one. For those of you who've been listening to the whole season, Alvin Kamara has been amazing. Um, I wish Kareem Hunt would do half of what Kamara is doing, and then maybe things might get a little bit better for him. But moving on to the number two, Rex Burkhead, 103 total yards, three catches, two TDs. A lot of those came in the run game, or those both came in the run game from really, really short. Uh, I've, I talked with a couple of people today who were really upset that Deion Lewis did all the work, uh, and then Rex Burkhead uh, sniped him at the goal line to take those touchdowns away. But anyway, Rex Burkhead comes in as the number two on the Kings side. And then we have a three-way tie for the one-star King of the Week. I gave it to Kenyon Drake because – the other two, Mark Ingram and Alex Collins, had both already been on the list so far. Kenny Drake, 141 total yards, three catches, one touchdown. Mark Ingram and Alex Collins also uh, right there behind him in a three-way tie for the Kings side. Of those, uh, I'll ask this. Outside of Mark Ingram, Kenny Drake or Alex Collins, which of those two do you like better the rest of the season in these last three weeks? Uh, probably Alex Collins, um, simply because the, 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 uh, Baltimore Ravens have a good enough defense that they are actually, they're actually doing a much better job of competing right now. Um, if we look at the overall standings, uh, AFC, the, let's see, they are right there. Baltimore seven and five now, um, you know, just a couple games behind the Steelers. Um, they're in the playoff hunt, I believe. Right now, they're they would be one of the um, wild cards. One of the wild cards. Uh, they are. I mean, their defense has been solid all year. Their offense had, had you know been back and forth. And when when Joe Flacco is not having to be relied on, that offense he plays better. And as long as they continue to commit to the run, and Alex Collins doesn't fumble the ball and keeps running the way he has been, um, he will. He will. Um, you know, I think he will continue to get the ball. They will continue to feed him, and it'll be uh, it'll it'll be a very uh, good thing for the Ravens' offense. 
Yeah. I lean a little bit more towards Alex Collins as well because his team is going to be pushing the envelope the rest of the season. Like I said, Miami's probably going to be giving up here relatively shortly as they're five and seven. Um, and one more loss would officially put them out. They've got, I mean, they're too far out right now. Uh, only one game back, second place in the division, but two games out of uh, a wild card spot with the Ravens right there. Um, but I do like Alex Collins as well. Going over to the Sting side, Jordan Howard, 13 carries, 38 yards rushing against the worst rush defense in the league. This one probably stings more than any other sting over the last couple of weeks because the upside was so much there and you have a great talent in Jordan Howard there. What, what are your thoughts on the brother bear right now? Well, I mean, they're, they're going to continue to lean on him no matter what, because he is their offense. Um, he is actually still, let me actually pull it up. I had it up here just a second ago. Um, he is actually still one of the top in terms of um, rushing yards. He is what, number number nine in the league? Oh, whoops. Overall yards. There we go. Uh, he's still number five in the league. He's 885 rushing yards. They're going to continue to feed him the ball. He, I mean... He is, like I said, he is that offense. They're not going to totally, no, they're not going to lean on Trubisky, at least not this year. So um, as far as I can see, you know, he's going to have his ups and his downs. Teams are going to stack the box against him. It's, it all depends on that line of whether, they're not, whether or not they're actually able to clear the holes for him. Yeah, and then the rest of the stings, the rest of the way here, both from the same team, Duke Johnson, nine touches, 12 yards, as a two-star, Isaiah Crowell comes in as the one-star, went in a third place with 11 touches and 44 yards. I'm a little shocked here in that the Chargers, if you're going to try and beat the Chargers, it's going to be through the running game, not the passing game. Yet, Cleveland does what Cleveland does, which is the most inconsistent team, um, almost looking for new ways to lose, um, tries to beat San Diego through the air. Josh Gordon had a good game in his first game back and looked electric. I will say I was wrong about Josh Gordon. Um, still not someone I feel comfortable with because of the Cleveland offense, but he may be um, electric here over the next couple of weeks. If you grabbed him, I would still be hesitant about starting him. But I really expected more out of Duke Johnson, who had been a top 15 running back this season. Isaiah Crowell, obviously, further down the road um, or further down the line, but obviously still on in almost every league, started and still missed. And so moving on to the wide receiver king. Once again, another Kansas City player, six catches, 185 yards, two touchdowns, yet they still lost, which is what we talked about. A lot of deep balls were thrown to Tyreek Kill, which gave him a lot of uh, points in terms of yardage. Um, both of his passes came on, I believe, a 40-yard touchdown or 70-yard touchdown pass. Uh, the two-star uh, King is Nelson Aguilar, who has seven catches, 141 yards, and one TD against the Seahawks. One thing that I'll say about the Seahawks' defense is that I was pleasantly surprised at how well they played this this evening against the Eagles in, in that the, the wide receiver that beat them was out of the slot, which obviously when you're missing 
Well, you kind of broke up there, but I'm guessing you're you're wanting to know my kind of my thoughts on on Aguilar. One of the one yeah. of the things that seems to be a a regular for the Seahawks is especially when Richard Sherman um, was healthy. The Seahawks, for the most part, would, for the most part, would be able to shut down say a team's number one receiver. It was usually the number two or number three that would go off against us. Um, and in you know in the case of in the case of tonight. Um, you know, Zach Ertz had an okay game, but was scoreless through the first half, I believe, um, and only got a couple couple receptions after that until he got injured. Um, then you take uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who had again an okay game, not great, had a few catches, uh, but uh, you know didn't get into the end zone. Um, and it was no, it was Nelson Aguilar in the slot who, you know, managed who managed to actually get a, a touchdown, you know. That's usually where your weakest where your weakest corner is going to be. So, um, you know, for the most part, the CX defense played pretty well. But I'm not surprised that Nelson Aguilar managed to manage to slip away a couple times. So, yeah. Uh, and then the number one star or the third place person would have been Keenan Allen. Ten catches, 105 yards, one TD. Has been on fire over the last three weeks. Ironically enough, traded him before he went on fire, which kind of hurts. But I'm in the playoffs, so I don't really care. Because uh, I was able to grab Kamara once again in that trade. Um, real, real quick. What? Keenan, what if anything? Or, or go ahead. Keenan Allen is the first person in NFL history to have three consecutive games with th- ten catches for a hundred yards in a TD. Well, that's pretty just saw, good. Just saw that today. So that's pretty good. He, well, it, they're finally using him like they should have all season. Yep. Um getting him in some open space. Um, he's not going to beat someone down the field, but he's very fast and underneath routes, um, kind of like a rich man's Wes Welker um, and, and those kinds of things. But moving over to the wide receiver stings, all these hurt. Brandon Cooks, two catches for 17 yards as the number three with only three points in the scoring metric. Julio Jones, two catches, 24 yards with four points. Mike Evans, two catches, 33 yards with five points. Which of these three is most surprising to you? As I mean, all of these kind of are, but which of these three stings are most surprising to you this week based off matchup or, or output? Um, I'd probably have to go Brandon Cooks, um, to be completely honest. Julio Jones, I mean, he he was probably he probably had Xavier Rhodes all over him going up against Minnesota. Um, Mike Evans, this was the first game back for Jameis Winston in like three weeks, so I was expecting Winston to be to to kind of be all over the place. So I wasn't expecting much out of Mike Evans, um, and so honestly, Brandon Brandon Cooks is the one that surprised me the most. Yeah, I would say the same. Buffalo's defense has been suspect uh, really over the last four or five weeks. Um, Julio Jones, I'm not too shocked, as, as sad as that sounds, um, because he's had performances like this before. Not quite this bad, but he has done this before. And Mike Evans doesn't shock me because I just don't trust Jameis Winston at all, period. Um, other, other wide receivers also having bad weeks. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Deshaun Jackson, Jordy Nelson, and Muhammad Sanu also all have bad games as well. Moving on to the tight end Kings, Travis Kelsey. Once again, another Kansas City player on the Kings side of the list, but they can't get the W. Uh, Travis Kelsey, four catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, nine catches, 
147 yards, did not find his way to the end zone. Uh, for those of you who are Rob Gronkowski owners, I would be very, very nervous about a suspension coming for a blatant, unsportsmanlike conduct late hit in the game against Buffalo. Look for a suspension to come here in the next couple of days, and he may cost you uh, his spot in the first round of the playoffs. So be very, very careful about him and keep your eye on that. Look to have a backup. We will cover uh, waiver wire stuff tomorrow. But Evan Ingram, seven catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Um, of these three, Ryan, uh, which one do you want to talk about? Uh, honestly, Evan Ingram, I was kind of surprised that he managed to get uh, managed to get the the into the end zone. He, had, you know, Geno Smith wasn't having the. You know, we weren't sure how how that all was going to work out. Um, and you know, seven catches, 99 yards, Gino, you know, my, my comment from last week where I was like, well, you know, with Gino Smith not being great and just not having a whole lot of time, he may lean on the tight end. And what do you know? Seven catches, 99 yards and a touchdown. Luckily for me, um, having sat Cameron Brait uh, for, uh, for one of the, for one of my, uh, one of my leagues, I started Evan Ingram over him. So, um, that, that lessened the blow a little bit. So. Uh, you know, I think Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram had a solid game. I think it goes to show that they're going to continue to lean on him, no matter who the quarterback is. So, yeah. And then moving on over to the tight end stings of the week. Not shocked by the first one here in Jared Cook. One catch for nine yards. He has not done much over the last couple of weeks. The whole Oakland offense has been anemic, but with Cooper gone and in Crabtree serving a suspension. I was looking for that for Cook to have a little bit more production than he did um, in the game against the Giants. Austin Safarian Jenkins, two catches, seven yards, with the offensive output by the Jets this week, and Jenkins only getting two catches, seven yards, really concerns me. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I I had Jenkins obvious uh, actually as a as a guy to kind of stay away from this week. Um, he just there's been some inconsistent inconsistency lately. Lately, uh, McCown's been depending a whole lot on on Robbie Anderson, and so I I actually was you know staying away from from ASJ. So I had ASJ as a sit as well um, on our Instagram account, but what shocks me is with all of the yardage. Yes, Kansas City is pretty good against defense or against tight ends, but even with all of the yardage that was put out, still a little shocked that ASJ was this bad. I was expecting maybe eight points, maybe a little bit more, maybe two more catches, but he's just not getting as involved right now. They're, they're more heavily targeting the wide receivers in these games, but also the matchup was much better uh, for wide receivers this week as well. And then the one-star Sting of the week, Zach Ertz, two catches, 24 yards. Left the game early. We talked about this at the beginning of the show uh, for the Sunday night matchup between the Eagles and the Seahawks. Uh, and then Vernon Davis, Jack Doyle also have bad games, um, but had tough matchups this week um, with uh, Jack Doyle going up against the Jaguars. And so um, that rounds out our – Kings and Stings of the week. Really quickly to cover the Monday night game for those of you who still have players alive in the Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh game. Ryan, what kind of output are you looking for? Um, 
who should uh, uh, fantasy owners look to grab if Antonio Brown does not play? Well, if Antonio, if Antonio Brown does not play, it's going to be either Juju or Martavis Bryant, and it's kind of up to who um, who Roethlisberger feels the most comfortable with. Um, okay, let me rephrase. That's who is going to be the most likely receiving target. What I think they're probably going to do, especially with Big Ben's known struggles um, on the on the road, on the road, they may just lean as heavily as they can on Le'Veon Bell. So, I think that I think it's it's honestly it's going to be Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be the 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 <laughs> the bell cow. Um, and, uh, and they're going to, and they'll, they'll pass when they need to. I mean, you may get a couple of really big, you may get, you know, some big scoring out of, out of those two wide receivers, but it's going to be because of, you know, they got loose on a big play on a, on a broken coverage or something, not because, you know, they, you know, they're getting eight to 10 catches. So. Yeah. And so that'll wrap up our show. Good luck for those of you who still have a Bengal or Steeler left to play. Hopefully that can help push you over the edge to get your win this week, to get you into the playoffs, and potentially that first round bye. This has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to get those iTunes reviews and ratings out there as well. This has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, and we thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.